0: grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well dear friends, on a day like this there are countless people that are somewhat disappointed. A day like this there are countless people that are angry even uh, about events that have come to pass. On a day like this, it's best for us as Christians to always remember we are supposed to do better. You and I as Christians are called to be examples within our our families, our, our, our homes, yes, within our communities, even at the places where we go to work. are you and I, we endure the, the same consequences, the same trials, the same tribulations as, as everyone else does, but we are supposed to be able to rise above that, aren't we? We are are supposed to, as I said last week, be able to be respectful. We are supposed to be able to honor one another. That's where we're called to be. And as I I was uh, reflecting on my sermon for today, I I couldn't help but, think of one of my favorite people in history. He's not well known, you wouldn't know his name if I spoke it to you, but I've read about him because I kind of like to steady people under pressure. People that have hard and difficult things to overcome, people that are able to be that kind of an example. And so that today, I'm I'm going to tell you about a particular fella. And I I know that Russia is out of favor right now, but he he was born in Russia, and he he was educated in the university system, and 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 he became a a great scholar of his time. But but for him, through his studies, he also came to know Christ as his Savior. And he became a pastor. And dear friends, let me tell you, this was during the persecution of Stalin. And so as a, a, a pastor, he was able to, to form a church and he was able to be successful, but he went to prison for his efforts. And the prison that he went to it was referred to as a death camp so in these death camps, they they had two rows of barbed wire and they had dogs patrolling between the rows and they didn't have electricity and they didn't have heat and they had to split their own wood to put into a a fireplace but they weren't given tools to be able to split the wood and so you had to pound one log into another log in order to to try to get wood to, to put into your furnace and it was drying. They didn't have enough food. And the Christians, they were all put into the, the population with murderers and, and thieves and, and, and people that did terrible things to one another. That's where the Christians ended up. Just a, a little sidelight, it, it was a, a death camp in the sense that, that they wanted to wear people down. see, so they just kind of slowly starved them. They gave them just a little bit of food every day. And it it was reported that they they actually kind of drizzled kerosene over the food. And so their their food was always poisoned with kerosene. So at first there's not enough, and and plus it has poison in it. And, you know, people are, are getting sick and they have to go on these work details where they're, they're mining or, the, you know, they're trying to, to cut lumber and it's back-breaking work every day and it's terrible. And still he kept his faith. Still, every day, he tried to see places where he could make a difference. Still, every day, he thought of himself as one who would try to bring light to his fellow prisoners. Terrible conditions. As a, as a, a Christian, you know, advised to be able to turn the other cheek when, when other people attacked him, he often took it. If someone just was angry at him for not getting a, enough wood together, having the, the the fires go in when people came back from their work detail, they would beat him. And yeah, there, there wasn't much he could do. He's just a, a, a single person, but he, he often just received these obedience. He didn't say anything about it. He he you know went through those trials, people taking his food, and uh, again, going to bed hungry, but you know, spending the night in prayer, and able to get up the next morning and go through it again. But he, he wasn't you know simply a, a pacifist. For when a, a, a new person came into the, the prison camp, a, a younger man, and one of the criminals confronted him because uh, since he had just come from the courthouse, he had newer prison clothes than everyone else. And you know that this you know criminal murderer um, you know wanted those clothes for himself, and of course the, the young man, just being due to the prison, he didn't want to give up his clothes well that that fellow began to beat him mercilessly uh the man in, in, in my story, he was on the other side of the barracks, he didn't know what was going on at first, but by the time he got there, you know the the fellow, one eye was closed already with the swelling and the, the other was red because it, it, it was damaged and he had terrible bruises and the, the big guy was just wailing on this young man. And he stepped forward and he grabbed his arm and he said, you must stop in the name of Jesus. There's, oh, it's a, the, the pastor's right. It, it's going to yeah, come out. Well, it, it will come out. But you can maybe guess what happened. The, 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 the prisoner, he, he looked at, at this guy and he's grabbing his arm and he pulled a knife and tried to stab the fellow in my story. He was able to disarm the, this big, bulky prisoner. Take the knife away and he shoved him so he went face first onto one of the bunks and then he just turned and he walked back and he stood by his bunk. And now this prisoner was enraged. He started yelling for his men to go and get that guy. But they were kind of looking at him sprawled on the bunk and this this smaller guy just taking his knife away. And they just were, you know, they don't want any part of this. So dear friends, yes, you know, there, there are times when we are called in the protection of someone's life to take action. There are times when it, it, it might mean our certain death even. That's how it, it probably appeared. But the other people, that they, they respected how he was able to stand up to the, the head of a, a gang in the prison. How he was able to, to disarm him from the knife that he was wielding. And they said, you know what? That guy is okay. He has courage. We respect that. But nevertheless, his life was difficult, and and, and it was hard, and he had no idea when the end might come to be. And, dear friends, as we study the the statistics, we, we come to realize now that 28 million Christians died in Stalin's camp. And they they weren't just just shot, they weren't just executed, they weren't just poisoned, but they had to live out this kind of existence where they they were working hard every day, they didn't get enough food, their food was often poisoned, they didn't have heat, and they didn't have good drinking water, they were subjected to to sicknesses and illnesses that would spread through a, a camp such as that, and nobody would help them. You know it, it was reported they had to have a fever above a hundred and two to to not have to go work that day. Well have you ever worked when you, your fever was a hundred and one? And when it when, when it was a hundred? right? You just want to stay home in bed. But every single day, right he kept his tongue in check. Every single day he didn't utter curse words. Every single day he practiced self-control. Every single day he looked for people to be able to help. To be able to even share the meager food that he did have with a sick or dying person. Every single day he walked with the Lord. Now, for in his particular story, there came a day when he was subjected to sickness, when he got a, a terrible fever, when it, it seemed as if he was going to die. And it, in fact, he, he reports that the time came when it, it seemed to him at, at least that he left his body. And, and he could see the, the people down there trying to tend to him and trying to, to revive him and, and give him a, a drink of water, but they couldn't because he was gone. And he, he reports it too, you know, the, the bright, shining light. He began to, to move toward the light, but then he says, you know, he started to think about the prisoners he was leaving behind. And what would their lives be like if he wasn't there? And then he says, you know what? The, the Lord humbled me in that experience. Because the the Lord gave me then a a vision of the spirit that dwelt within each and every person there. And some of the spirits were were brighter. And some were, were just a little tiny flicker. But that each person had the light within them. And that each person had something that they could give. And all it would take was a moment. Something somebody to, to fan the spark into flame, somebody to, to give that word of God to a person who, who was down and, and, and dying and depressed and in despair. Someone to Gabriel to come along and say, The Lord is still here, and he's with us, and he can help us get through even these most miserable of days. But he he was able to to come back, he was able to recover from that illness. And he was then able able to move forward with that kind of a view where he had forgiveness in his heart. We say each of these people is a child of God. Even the, the meanest guards, Even the people working in the administration, even even those that were part of the problem, they had something inside. And from his vision, he was able then to to move forward and say, you know what, the the guards, the administrators, they have a, a very difficult task because if they don't do what the government says, they're gonna go to prison. Their, their families might wind up in camps like these. You know, so, some of these people, they do have the light of Christ within them, but they're caught in terrible circumstances. And it's hard for them. A the difference that's where we're supposed to be able to get to as Christians. When someone comes against you and they're persecuting you and you can say, you know what, that person's life is hard, it's difficult. Maybe they're they're doing the best that they can. Maybe in our world today you sometimes feel a little taste of that at least. You know, maybe in our world today, sometimes there are things that that cause you to to be down, that cause you to be depressed, that that make it so you feel despair. But our Lord is still with us. Now, the thought kind kind of struck me this week. It is maybe just kind of an odd thought, but somehow... Pontius Pilate became the governor of his area in his day. Now you might think to yourself, with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, walking the earth, how in the world could that happen? And yet it did. For you see, our, our Lord does tell us, in this world you will have trouble. Now hopefully you, you get enough food every day. right? Hopefully nobody's putting kerosene in your food to try to slowly poison you over time. You know, you probably have some, some heat, some electricity. You probably have things really that are pretty good. But yet, it's so easy to kind of fall into those traps, isn't it? Maybe the, the biggest one that, that we hear today it is simply mocking another person's name. Right? It happens quite a lot. And it, 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 it's easy to do, isn't it? You're, you're angry at someone, you're angry at some group, you start to refer to them in a, a, a name that isn't you know, quite edifying. You know, don't sit down and you know come up with with names for people you don't like, so that there there's light flowing from you, and you know they're going to be able to grow from that. You know, you, you think about some of the the famous people in the Bible, James and John, the sons of thunder. They say they would get up and and speak, and people would be mesmerized, and they had powerful voices. But no, we we don't come with nicknames like those, do we? I remember a, a, a fellow over in, in North Dakota, a little vacancy congregation that, that I was serving when he was in the second grade, he had a cold, and people started calling him Stuffy. That became his name. And so, you know, here here he is, you know, 65 at the time. I, I met him, and you know, oh, everybody calls him stuffy. Well, it's not really a, a, It's not really a terrible nickname. It's not a nickname that I want. Right? And and so I I called him by his given name. And he'd always smile at that. Because everybody else, you know, they they had the nickname. But, you know, we we, we do that. We kind of like to drag people down, don't we? We kind of you know, want to mess up their names or mangle their names because then it seems like we maybe have one up on them. And it's hard to take somebody seriously if they walk into the board meeting and, you know, his name is Stuffy. It's hard to, hard to do that. But, you know, we need to be able to lift people up, don't we? We need to be able to bring that light to others. And we need to be able to be at that higher level. That's where we're called to be. And we can only do that when we have a relationship with Jesus, our Savior, right? Because otherwise, the, the pastor, you know, just kind of, kind of gave a "go get them" talk, you know, and we maybe all gathered together at the end of the service. and a go team, and, and you know, we have the, the breakdown like they refer to it on the sports teams, you know, and, and you know, we run out there, we run around a little bit, and you know, we're trying to do some stuff, but then the world starts creeping in, doesn't it? If you don't have Christ as the foundation, if he's not the reason that you're out there, if you don't have the Holy Spirit regenerating you every day, you just can't keep doing it. You run out of gas. You don't have the ability to overcome this world by yourself. You need help. And then help, of course, is Jesus, the one who died for our sins. The one who loved us so very much that he gave up his life on the cross. And the one that comes into our lives and says, now you can go. Now you can be the example. Now you can be the one that brings life. You can be the one that sees that little spark in each and every person and begins to fan it into a flame that grows and becomes brighter and brighter. You can be the one to take his light into this darkened world. And I nice saw that Will you be the one? Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.